Our guest today is a trained dancer and performer who has been seen all over the Pacific Northwest while performing in amazing cabaret and burlesque troupes like the Valtese Productions and Simone, am I saying it? Simone? Simone Pin uh, Productions. Simone Pin Productions. Uh, they are a leader and educator in the Pacific Northwest Kiki Ballroom scene and host of the Shit We Never Ask For podcast. We welcome Android Allure. Woo! Woo! Welcome. Well, I already started asking you questions before we were recording, which was <laughs> was very made Louie mad. But uh, so you 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 haven't even performed in the festival yet. We no, were like I getting not. you before you even perform for the first time. So, so what what are you anticipating is going to happen? What what is your vision of the festival? What's your impressions of it? I mean, I don't really have any impressions because this is the first time that I've ever been a part of uh -huh. it. And then. Um, because I was supposed to be a part of it in 2020, Luminous Pariah reached out to me, and I have, I have lived here since I was 12. There's so many things in Seattle that I don't know that happened. <laughs> um, and they had reached out and um, encouraged me to apply, and I had gotten in, and then, you know, COVID and a panorama and all the things. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't have any impressions or expectations. I'm just excited because I know that there are people that I admire as performers, and even people who are help organizing. Um, that I absolutely love. So, if anything, I know that I, more than likely I'm going to have a fabulous time and absolutely enjoy myself. So, but when, when Lumi reaches out to you to be in it, they say, "I want you to be part of the Moisture Festival." What do you? What is? What are your thoughts <laughs> when you? <laughs> I mean, I heard the word moisture and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite response is most people. They're like, what? Everybody else hears the word moist and they're like, Ugh, I yeah. hear moist and I'm like, I think cake yeah. and sweetness and good things. So I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in the show tomorrow. Yes. The Broadway Performance Hall. Yes. And uh, so are, are there people in the show that you are looking forward to watch or be a part of it that you've never oh, been in a show with? Oh, uh, absolutely. I love them. Uh -huh. I love them so much. I adore them. There are a couple... I, I, I'm terrible at names, so I can't think of them off the top of my head, but them specifically are one of the people that I'm always excited to um, watch. Puxaplenty? Yes. Ah, yeah. Puxaplenty, I don't know, but I've been emailing and... Super responsive. Oh, I adore <laughs> them. Are you being facetious? Or? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, they are. Okay, okay, gotcha. I adore them so much. <laughs> awesome. And so, um, have you right, been... Hang on, real quick. What Describe what you do. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I am a performer and entertainer. Um, I combine my training in studio and um, club and street styles dancing and put it with burlesque. <laughs> okay. Was that influenced by uh, someone else or, or did you create this sort of style? Um, so the styles that I do are voguing, whacking, hip hop. I enjoy doing house, which is like footwork. Um, those all came just because I started dancing at a really young age at 13 in high school. I got on a dance team and I kept dancing because I really enjoyed the attention and reaction <laughs> I would get when I would do it. <laughs> For me, I never had the idea of having the traditional career as a dancer. I didn't want to go on tour. I didn't want to be a backup dancer or anything like that, especially because I don't want to dance for Beyonce. I want to be the Beyonce. Uh, I want to be yeah, a front yeah, and center. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want your own backup dancer. Yes. Yeah, so for me, um, at the time, burlesque was never really 
ever crossed my mind or anything like that. I don't think I'd even been to a burlesque show by that point. Um, And I would say that was maybe five years ago. And I remember the reason, how I got into it was there were a couple people that had talked to me. Um, The first one I can recall was Brick House um, because they wanted me to perform for Sugar Shack a long time ago. Um, And they said that they think that I would be really, really good at burlesque and things and all of that and um, offered me tickets to come see the show. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to because other... uh, engagements that I had to commit to. And then the second time that I was um, spoken about was uh, Fiona, who was the director of Altesse. Um, who was it? Am one of the co-directors of Altesse, Anna, she would come to my Vogue class when I would teach at Velocity. And she ended up passing my name along to Fiona, and Fiona reached out, we had a meeting, and that's just kind of how I slid into the realm of burlesque. And, and then- it was the first time where it felt like I found where I fit in as a dancer. Nice. So real quick, you've mentioned it twice, and this is the most fascinating. What is voguing? So voguing <laughs> comes from the ballroom <laughs> scene. Um, it started in New York City. That is literally the epicenter of ballroom. Um, and it's international now, spread out. There's West Coast, there's East Coast, there's South, it's international. Um, but Voguing comes from, oh my God, how do I even tell this story? <laughs> I haven't, it's funny because I haven't taught a class for like Vogue in a long time. So, I'm so like, oh. what, can you describe like what? <laughs> so there's three types of Vogue. So the folks that started it were black and brown trans folks, specifically black and Latinx when I'm talking about brown folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are three types of Vogue. There is old way, new way, and Vogue femme. Now, Old Way is all about actual posing. The, um, like the, how do I even explain it? Like you were posing for a photo shoot. Okay. Like a runway model yes, or something? Yes. Yeah. The, the whole reason why Vogue is called Vogue is because it started off as a game it came, um, that they were playing in uh, Rikers <laughs> in prison, <laughs> where um, the, the, the gays and the queers would be out in the yard and they would have a competition and they would sit here and they would pose and pose and pose. Um, And sometimes the goal is to be able to pin down your opponent so that they can't pose anymore. Um, So that eventually made it into ballroom and became uh, what we call categories. So categories are basically, um, think of it as like a pageant, but not so rigid the way that you would see traditional pageants are. It's a lot more fun, um, I think, and a lot more exciting. Um, The best way to describe it is my friend, Stefan Mark Jacobs, he's legendary, iconic in ballroom. He, um, he explains ballroom being the Met Gala for us, mm. where we get to showcase our talents, our beauty, whether that's performing, fashion, makeup, um, dance, drag, we get to go in there and showcase that. And it was specifically created because at traditional balls, um, black and Latinx folks were mistreated all the time. So they eventually said, okay, we're not doing this. We're going to take this and start our own stuff. And then that's how ballroom came. And it's what you see for something like Pose and Paris is Burning. Those are really, um, those are a couple good references, but it's not, it's not uh, the full, the full gambit and spectrum of what ballroom is mm-hmm. because it's always changing. Um, okay. But that was a little history lesson. So <laughs> um, the second way is called New Way. 
Um, and it incorporates a lot more bone breaking and flexibility. And okay, what's bone breaking? Like, like contortionism. Yeah, okay. 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 Yes. Um, she doesn't guess. do that. I don't do that at all. <laughs> and then you have Vogue Femme, which is my personal favorite, which was created specifically by black trans women. Okay. Um, they came in and added more fluidity to it, so it wasn't so rigid and... Oh, it's just, it's one of my favorite styles of dance, and I love it so much. And so are you the only person doing that in the burlesque, adding that element in the burlesque world, or um, is there a lot of... From what I have seen, yes. I won't say that I am the only one, but I have not seen anybody else doing that. But that's not to say that they're not out there. It just could be that I haven't seen them. All right. Gotcha. All right, so now... Follow-up question, what is whacking? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> oh, okay. With so, two A's, with two A's. Yes. Um, so whacking comes from, once again, black and Latinx queer bodies, except mm -hmm. it comes on the West Coast, so the far opposite of New York. Um, so whacking literally is, it's a, it's a club style, and it's inspired by posing, it's inspired by disco, especially um, silent movies, drag queens, uh, oh. martial arts. And when they say whack, um, the main movement is um, uh, you're using your arms to showcase the musicality. You incorporate arm movement, you incorporate poses. The reason they call it whacking is because of the, You're going to hit somebody next to you? Yes. It's, you're like, <laughs> um, it's all of the momentum that you put into your arm movement. Okay. So it, that's what's like, whack. Um, and it's... A lot of people mistake voguing and whacking a lot because there's that element of performing with your hands, but they're very different. Mm. The best way I can think of it is... Um, choreographer named Kumari Siraj. They described it as Vogue being two-dimensional and then Whacking being three-dimensional. Still really dope styles, but very different. And the intention that you put into them is um, very different as well. Um, yes, that's Whacking. <laughs> and so you combine all of these yes. elements. Now, when you mentioned ballroom, like when I read ballroom, I was like thinking... Like some sort of like classic. Most people do. Okay, yeah. so but it's something different. Oh, it's completely yeah. different. It sounds like it's a, a sort of a gathering where people are combining all these different elements. Um, almost. So think of it as, like I said, almost like it's a pageant. So I'll give like a small example. So you have a ball. You have a panel of judges. Use um. Usually, and if this is done correctly, the judges are people who have been in ballroom for an extended amount of time. They understand categories and what they're supposed to look like, even if it's a category that they don't walk. Um, and they also have their own specialty categories that they are known for walking and killing. So, for example, I'm known for walking face. I'm known for walking um, performance, which is basically Vogue. Performance just means all the types of Vogues. Um, so that's your panel of judges. And then you have your categories. So some staples you have are runway, which is all about how you walk. And it's basically you giving a fashion show almost. They judge you based on your walk. They have um, best dressed. It's all about you being high fashion. You look expensive. Um, like I said, you have performance where there can be it's old way, it's new way. Sometimes they do different styles versus each other. 
Um, face is all about beauty, angles. Um, it's, you would be seen on a magazine. Um, and there's way more categories. That's just yeah. some staples. Um, so the way it works is that you pick your category. Every ball has a theme. You have to create an effect to fit your category. So if, say I'm walking runway and I need to look like a sea creature. That is how I have to show up. <laughs> um, and then you do what you call, what is called getting your tens. So you present your, whatever you're doing to the judges, they give you your tens or you get chopped. Chopped means that you didn't do good, so you gotta come back next time. Tens means that you'll go to what is called the battle zone. So that's when it becomes tournament style and you they start to pair you up and you guys start to knock each other oh, out. Oh, like one, the, like you're both going at the same time? Yes, oh, and so man. the last one is left and they royale. collect the trophy and if there is a grand prize money, they collect that as well. Wow. Wow. And so is there like a world championships of ballroom um, or is this like specifically the North America? I, I wouldn't say there's like a... a, a like a Super Bowl type deal uh -huh. of ballroom, but there are really big key balls that people go to. Gotcha. Um, I know latex ball is one. Um, there is the coldest winter ever ball. Um, and are these all in the United States or is this like a global? So the ones I'm naming are in the United States, but this, but ballroom is like a global phenomenon. Gotcha. There is, there are um, people in, uh, South America, there are people in Asia, there are people in Europe, like it's literally everywhere. Where is it biggest, do you think? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> really sure. I just because it started in the Americas, I would probably say that. Mm, but gotcha. I I have no idea where it would be where it's the biggest now. So uh, when you say that, have you competed in some of these? Oh, yes. <laughs> so so uh, what's, what's some of your experiences with that? Have you, have you won? Have you, do you have like a nemesis that you're like, oh my God. Oh, if I, no, I okay. don't have any nemesis. <laughs> when, um, when Jerry shows up. Yeah, yeah. I have no nemesis. I'm like, there are plenty of people that don't like me, but I was like, I pay it. I don't even pay attention to most of you girls, but okay. Um, but... Um, I will say that I do definitely have like friendly competition and it, these are people that I specifically started with and also that I've learned so many things from. Like there's my friend Tracy Wong. Um, she's also a whacker and voguer. I started my um, first ha ballroom house with her um, and we've got to see each other grow in the last like six, seven years. There's my friend Daniel Garon who's doing absolutely amazing, amazing things. Um, and we actually both just got deemed what is called legendary in Kiki Ballroom. So they have what's called legends, statements, stars, and icons. Um, and it's basically like status, and it's based off the work that you have done in ballroom. So, and you are a legend, which is the highest. It's like, no, the, so, oh, it, so I am, so what's the order it goes? So it goes, I think this is right, bottom to top. Um, and when I say bottom to top, I don't mean like the bottom being a bad thing. <laughs> this is just how it, the hierarchy of it. Yeah. Um, it is statements, stars, legends, icons, and then I, I, I immortal. I <laughs> I want to say I think I think they may have added pioneers. Do not quote me on this. I could be wrong, but I've been seeing some things change. But that's like the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. <laughs> that's what it um, like. But the way that it uh, works is that um, there's a difference between Kiki and mainstream. So Kiki literally just means the area that you are in. Mainstream means that 
you are nationally, you compete nationally, internationally, and that's how people know you. So you can be legendary in Kiki, but you can be literally just a statement or not known at all in mainstream. Huh. Ah. And do you have to go in front of like a panel of judges to get your title sort of like re-upped? Like you have to like... You have to, you literally just have to compete and you have gotcha. to walk and you have to do um, the labor. Because you can also become, you can get those... Um, those types of statuses, even if not, you aren't necessarily walking, but because of the community work gotcha. and the organizing that yeah. you do. Um, and so is there like a point system that gives you that? Or just at some point someone goes, you are now legendary. Um, you get tapped on the shoulder. It's not necessarily a point system. It's um, when it's come awards, they kind of tie that in. But when it comes to something like that, it's more so based like, you're walking consistently. You're creating moments consistently. You're you're winning consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, you have changed, uh, completely shifted and changed the category from what it was because of the things that you have done. Okay. Now, when you say you, I think you mentioned that um, you did it, something about a uh, sea monster. Is it, oh, I is that something you? I was like, is that something you actually did? No, that was just an example. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Because I was like, that sounds amazing. Well, when you're doing <laughs> but they do, but they do, like they go full out. People really invest in. Like, oh, I would, ima- I would imagine. And makeup and productions, yeah. and it's just. What's one of the craziest ones that you've done? Yeah. That I have done. Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. Um, Sasquatch. No, <laughs> I um. <laughs> I'm just going with the monster I have, thing. I think two. Two moments that I am really proud of, and funny enough, these aren't, these are moments that I share with my house, not necessarily moments that completely focus, there is one that focuses on me, okay. (laughs) Um, The first one is, um, I was walking a face category, and the category is said to wear all red, that you have to have a red effect. I chose to wear all white with red (laughs) because I wanted to stand out, and I had a giant red rose crown that I had glued together and made into this thing. And then um, four of my um, house daughters, and no, three of my house daughters and what my house father, they were dressed as my bodyguards and assassins. So I had two with giant swords in behind me and then one, two in front of me, like passing out roses. That's amazing. And I had an umbrella. It was a whole production. My favorite part is that there's some drunk broad decided to try to dance in the middle of the uh, runway. Uh, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I completely pushed her out the way. <laughs> and everybody, brutal. but my, my favorite part is that everybody thought that that was part of it. I said, no, this, oh, I was about to curse. <laughs> no, you're right. I was like, this half a, was not part of the production. She was white girl wasted and in my way. Well, at least they thought it was part of it. Yes, because I got a great reaction when I tossed her to the side. (laughs) Um, Also, she's fine. She was not hurt, I promise. (laughs) But her ass shouldn't have been in the runway anyway. That was not appropriate. Um, And then the second one was we did what was called um, a grand march as a house. And um, the category was runway. And... We created a production and choreography of everybody. We, what, what did we choose? We looked up, our reference was um, one of the designers is Chanel. And we looked at one of their 90s fashion shows and everybody had an outfit inspired by that show. And we walked in like as a collective and 
synchronized and then I pop up in the middle when they're done and I hand out portfolios to every single judge. We actually got a standing ovation wow. from the panel of judges and the room. The MC actually said, we don't need any judges. They get tens. <laughs> <laughs> that was a proud moment for me just yeah. because I love being able to see my kids shine like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not originally from Seattle. No. You're from... Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, <laughs> Tulsa. And you've moved around a bit. You said we were chatting while you're uh, yes. waiting for your COVID testing. You've lived in Seattle twice. Yes. So where'd you live in between? So let me see. It was Oklahoma. Then it was Seattle. Then it was Nebraska. Then it was Colorado. And then it was back here. And I've been here since I was 12. So within like a 12 year span, I moved like four or five times. So, <laughs> uh, so these were all when you were a little kid? Yes. Gotcha. Was it military or just? No, my, uh, it was just my dad's uh, job. He okay. was a police officer for the railroad. So oh. anytime he got a promotion, we would end up moving. And got when it. we moved here when I was 12, I think um, my older brother was 15, 16 at the time. My mom was like, can we stay put so these kids can finish yeah. school? My Jeez. God. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and I've been here ever since. And Wait, there are railroad policemen? I yep. feel like this is an old-timey movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, what is it? So, like, to kick clock. people off of trains if they're, like, catching... No, like, like, gun police officer, like, had a whole team, would do investigations. On oh. what, though? Like... I don't know. Like I don't it, ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm thinking, like, they kick, like, you know, people were trying to, like, stow away on a train um, or something. I'm sure it's stuff like that, but, like, even, um, there was, uh, what was it? Like, my dad has been a part of, like, drug busts and uh, stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Drugs being brought in on a train. Um, I don't know if it was on, that was on a train, because they started off as, I want to say they started off as a, I should really talk to him about this. <laughs> <laughs> he started off as a regular police officer. And gotcha. I think eventually that is the direction that he went into. Uh, he arrests the, the person that's on the, the train thing. The and they're pushing the pump there. <laughs> Awesome. And are you, is your family still in Seattle? No, I am all here by my lonesome. Wow, they abandoned you. Yeah. Where, where did they go? Um, so I have an older brother. They move, uh, He moved to California. Um, he's married uh, with his two daughters, love my nieces. And then my mom and dad actually moved back to Oklahoma because that's where a majority of their family is, like gotcha. their parents, brothers, and sisters. Do you teach the nieces how to vogue? And I sure do. <laughs> I most certainly do. You're like, they are icon status, and I'm only legendary. <laughs> Anytime I go down there, yeah. my nieces, my oldest niece, she's like, I want to dance. I'm like, okay. And then my youngest niece, she doesn't know what's going on. She just wants to be part of the fun. <laughs> they have, that'd be scary if they had more TikTok followers. <laughs> no, I taught them that. I said, but eventually I was like, I really do want to turn my nieces into a beast when it comes to both <laughs> secretly, but not really secretly. That is awesome. Uh, so how do you see this scene in Seattle? How, is, it, is it big in Seattle? Is it? Um, it's hmm. <laughs> this is such a loaded question. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, well, unpack it anyway. Yeah, it's just it's a loaded question for me only because I am one of the few people that have been here the longest. Mm. Um, so there is a level of nuance that I have that a lot of folks don't share with me. Um, it's only a handful of us that have that. And I'm honestly, it's like one of the reasons why only two people from Seattle have been deemed um, legendary from the start because we've been doing this the most consistently. Yeah. Um, but it's, the journey for Seattle has been really interesting because it's, there's been ebbs and flows to it. 
that I've seen happening a lot, um, even in Portland as well. I would say that it's the flow is starting to become a little bit more sturdy now. Um, I know for myself, I did, I did take a step back from it only because um, there were some things that happened to me and there was some intersection of personal stuff and ballroom stuff together. And there was definitely a point where I no longer felt safe within community, which was mind blowing yeah. to me because I was one of the people to help build and yeah. maintain it. Um, and I actually just made my return back this year. Um, I've been kind of MIA for the, like the last two mm. years. Um, and nobody really knew why, and that was because I'm like, I keep my business, my business, yeah, that's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. but, so, um, but when you show back up, is everyone like, where have you been? Um, yes, um, the reaction was really great. And then the folks that have feel a way about me, I'm like, I don't, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> we can bleep stuff out. Yeah, you can say <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care, because the thing is, um, Something that I have recently run into and that I've had to really process is that um, I am, I have been told that I have been become a disruptor, but in a good way. Um, because I, I refuse to stroke people's egos and kiss anybody's ass mm -hmm. just to make you feel better. Yeah. Because there's this weird idea that just because someone is doing it, that they deserve the praise as if they're they're free of critique mm. happening. So when I do critique and I don't sit up here and give praise because I'm like, this was bad. So why yeah. would I, why would I give you a false sense of security when that's not what that was? Yeah. And I've had, I've actually had to, ex, ex, I've said this out loud. Um, I have, there are some folks that look at Kiki and have this idea that mainstream standards don't apply when that's not the case. Um, just because something is smaller does not mean that you should not be trying to uphold the, um, how do I put this in the simplest form? You can't <laughs> sit up here and just do some mediocre stuff and then think that you're going to get a gold star for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like. Well, hold on. The, what about this? Is it unwarranted, though, the critique? Uh, or, un or uninvited, I guess maybe. I think it can be. Okay. I do think it can be. But also, I think just because you don't want it doesn't mean that it's not necessary. Either. Gotcha. Because if, yeah. if I see something happening and I know that it's not true, there we go, not true to ballroom, and that y'all are playing games in my face and other people's faces and miseducating people, mm -hmm. I'm about to say something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... You might not like what I have to say because it's going to come with, yo, this is a problem. This wasn't okay. This needs to be fixed. Um, and I can be tender with that. And then sometimes what I've learned is I'm like, okay, tenderness doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to get to you. I like, this, that. this, yeah. yeah. No, this was some BS. And you know it was some BS. And because I'm telling you that, now you want to be mad at me because I'm not stroking your ego. I don't mm. have time for that. <clears throat> now, yeah. now that you're back, have you changed that tactic? I've actually become <laughs> more of a curmudgeon. <laughs> I will say back, the one thing that I will say is that I showed a lot of people way too much grace, mm. way too much grace, because I used to have a bad habit of equating empathy and grace together. Um, and what I've learned is grace is giving somebody the chance, uh, somebody's messes up and you give them the chance to correct their behavior, whether it has been harmful or it just wasn't the best, depending on the circumstances, whatever. Empathy is understanding why somebody moves the way that they do. 
Mm. But I can have empathy and not show your ass any more grace if you keep doing the same mess yeah, that yeah. we have talked about. Yeah. So now for me, um, I used to have this thing of wanting to keep the peace and wanting to be cordial for the sake of community. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not forsaking my own peace of mind just to like create a fake ass kumbaya yeah, yeah. moment yeah, yeah. within community. I'm not going to do that. Honey, if I don't like you, I don't like you. If you don't like me, that's fine. You ain't got to say nothing yeah. to me. That's cool. Um, but it I, sounds like you care more about the art form. Yeah. yeah and protecting point, the art form. Yeah. At this point, I'm saying, you know what? If y'all want to call me condescending for not falling into this delusion of grandeur that y'all have of yourselves, so be it. But what I'm not going to do, and the reason is because what I don't want to happen is for folks in mainstream and other scenes to come up here, see what is happening and be like, you let this happen, you're okay with this? I wanna be one of the people that's like, no, no, I know it's some stuff happening and I'm not yeah. okay with it now. Um, and I think that's just a part of, I think that's part of any community that is growing. You're gonna have to go through those growing pains and there are gonna be those moments where people are going to critique and have an opinion and it's not necessarily to hurt you. Some people might, <laughs> um, but it's more so because like, yo, we wanna see it get better, but you yeah. can't, it's not always gonna be good. And I think most people can't take their ego out of it. And it's not, this isn't to, like I said, it's not to hurt you. It's we want the scene to grow. We want it to become better. Yeah, and I agree. Well, I had, I had a mentor necessary. for something I do and he always said, you don't learn from compliments. You yes. don't. I, I agree, 100%. You don't. Like, I, tr trust me, I have a praise kink. I love praise. <laughs> That's fantastic. But I'm also. I didn't know that was a thing, but I think I have one too. It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. I'm like, tell me I'm pretty. Thank you. <laughs> um, but also, I'm usually the first people like, great, I love that you told me all the things that you enjoyed. What can I work on? Yeah. Yep. yeah. What can I work on? And the, I think the, the, the fine line is being able to make sure that you focus how do I say this, that you balance those out. Because something that I have said is that just because, and this is with anything, not just ballroom, if like you're a performer, um, just because people go up for you and scream does not mean that you did a good job. Yes. Yeah. By any means. It could very well just mean that these people are excited because it's something new and different and they don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. But then if you have somebody like me, I'll give a prime example. So whenever I see drag queens in Seattle try to Vogue, I am the first one to show disdain in my face. <laughs> You're because voguing. everybody else this is sitting here like, yes, this is everything. Meanwhile, my legs is crossed and my face is crossed. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's, it's that. I'm, it's, it's that. So you, you have to be really um, diligent in knowing whether or not if you are actually hitting it the way that you are hitting it. So for me, when I ask for critique, I don't ask regular audience members how I did. I ask my peers who I look up to who have been doing this just as long as I have or who have been doing it even longer mm -hmm. because I know that they're going to be able to take out the, the razzle-dazzle yeah. and the sparkle of it and be like, this was great, but also you could have did A, B, and C yeah. better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a friend who he says that you should surround yourself with people who are better than you. Yes. Because that's the only way you'll get to that level. I agree. I, and I, for me, um, the reason why I don't say have nemesis is because I'm never looking at other people as 
competition. Yeah. The only person I'm competing with is myself, especially because I don't give a shit about winning. Yeah. I don't. I've never, I don't care about winning. Now, that's not to say that if I'm walking and competing now, then I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to make you work for it. The only time I really care about winning is I'm like, okay, there's a large sum of yeah. money if they want to give me that money yeah, for so I'm me being work awesome, I will happily but accept it. But as far as a physical trophy, I, people always, I gag people when I say this and I don't know why. I don't care about a trophy. All they do is collect dust, <laughs> take up space in my house, and they don't go to my house decor. Like, I don't want them. My main goal is always to just create a memorable moment because there are a lot of times that people remember somebody for what they did more than they remember the person that actually won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, how does it feel to to be back? To, the, I, I mean, mean you're, you're going on stage tomorrow for the for it the moisture feels festival. Great to be back because I'm back with a vengeance. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care if I hurt your little fifis. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Because my thing is, I know my heart. I know where I'm coming from. I'm not saying the things that I'm saying to be an asshole like I'm not doing that at all I'm doing it because I care about the culture I care about the people I care about the community and I care about the artistry and what I'll I'll be damned if I sit here and let people water it down for other people's consumption yeah um I think you're an advocate because they want to make themselves yeah. feel good I'm like yeah. I'm not doing that I've yeah. had I've gone to two I've actually judged two balls at a club and I've cursed each time because people have come out doing some ridiculous stuff. I said, this has nothing to do with ballroom. This is not the category, like this is not how you walk this category. And I'm, my thing is when I'm in a, in a, in a teacher's position, um, that is when I'm a lot more tender. But if I am at a ball and I am in yeah. judges mode, baby, yeah. I don't have time to be tender. We have things to do. Like there's a reason why there's class, sweetheart. Yeah. Go to class. Yeah. What are your parents teaching you? What are you learning? What are you researching? Because I'm, I was like, I've been doing this long enough. I can clock whether you've improved or not. Because mm. there have been times that I've, I've been gone for two years. I've come back and I'm like, what the hell you been doing? <laughs> what? This is okay. Yeah. So, all right. So if I wanted to go see one of these, where would I go? Um. So, let's see. What is the next? This isn't really timely function. Function. Yeah. Is there is there like a like, website or like a, something that you could go to to get like... You actually, Announcements? Um, if you, I encourage everybody to do this if you are interested in ballroom. Um, if you follow on Instagram at SeaTac Ballroom, um, that is a spot that tells people everything about balls that are happening here and also in um, some balls in mainstream as well. So, and it's not just um, big balls, it's also small, <laughs> big balls. <laughs> One of my 12. Well anyway. played, well played. <laughs> um, it's also um, smaller functions at a club where it's like, oh, there's only like maybe two or three categories. Um, so and it's just like a fun You night. mentioned there's like clubs and like, so a, a club one would be just at a club. Yeah. But then a big one would be where? Uh, like, usually at a larger venue. Okay, like a, are you talking like like the Double Tree, or are you talking like the convention uh, center? The, the next one is going to be at Washington Hall. Oh, nice! In August, oh, I nice. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's right. If I'm wrong, go on the page. It'll say August. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that one's actually being treated as a mainstream ball. So there are going to be people from around the country coming. We gotta go. To that yeah, ball. we gotta go. Um, which I'm excited about. And you, those are the more. Um, extravagant ones where like the whole sea creature type deal yeah. that's where you bring okay. that is the, there, is there a mythical a creature category <laughs> can you put it put in <laughs> i have to look but i wouldn't it wouldn't be far-fetched really? <laughs> right. um, there's usually because if i don't know if there's a bizarre category but there's a category Ooh. category called bizarre and it's 
it's a fashion category, but it's supposed you're supposed to look like you're from another planet. Nice. It should not. Ooh, yeah. The way that I judge that, I was like, I should not be able to figure out how you created yes. this. <laughs> like, you should not like, look human is, in any This is uh, very popular in the planet I come from. Yes. <laughs> so you, um, I'm and, an icon in, in, yes. in glory. <laughs> <laughs> and then the smaller, um, usually the smaller venues, it's what they request for categories is sometimes it's just come as you are, whatever you're wearing. Or they'll just be like, wear red, wear yellow, mm-hmm. do something small like that. Um, yeah, and that's that's those are usually monthly. Those are called strike a pose. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you post stuff uh, that you're performing on on Instagram at, at Android underscore Allure? Yes. Do you post stuff that you're going to be competing in on there? I do. Okay, so people can check that out. Also, your podcast. Tell me about your podcast. Okay, so our <laughs> podcast is called Ish We Never Asked For. We don't actually say ish. We say the real word. Um, my um, dear friend, who is like my little brother, uh, Isaiah, um, the podcast was inspired literally by everything that we went through in the pandemic because there were a lot of parallels to the things that were happening to us when it came to things like job security, personal relationships, whether that is family, romantic, um, and also um, identity and redefining what that looks like for ourselves because with everything that happened, well, it trauma after trauma after trauma, we never had time to really process things that were happening because some new stuff would happen and we'd be like, oh my yeah, God, yeah. I'm in crisis. <laughs> I'm still dealing with the last thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were inspired to do the podcast because we wanted to create a platform and a safe space for us to talk about those things and process our emotions and even um, learn new things, but also unlearn healthy um, conditioning that we have. Unlearn and healthy or un... Unlearn, um, wait, unlearn unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And learn healthy. I think um, my whole life has been unlearning healthy habits. Yeah. Um, and honestly, just like we focus on mental health, we focus on identity, Good. we focus on gender, we focus on all of these things that we're passionate about. And um, yes, both of us are educators, but I always emphasize that we are also both students. So even though we may be teaching you something while you listen to us, um, a lot of times we're teaching each other stuff or we're learning as we go. And sometimes we don't have it figured out and you get to hear us process our emotions. I know for me, the reason why I wanted to do it was because number one, I wanted to, I wanted it to humanize me because of what I do. People see me in a very specific light. They see Andrew Delore, but they don't see Keelan. So I get put on this pedestal and it, it feels weird because it creates this idea that if I mess up, everybody's going to be like, oh. <gasps> Oh no, because you know, I'm seen as being polished and mm-hmm. perfect. I'm like, no, I'm goofy, I'm stupid, and I struggle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also to make people feel more comfortable, I always say, I want people to f- become comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Ah. Because my thought process is the only reason why these conversations are uncomfortable is because we're not having them yeah. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when um, he and I are talking, People think that we're being really deep. I'm like, no, this is very much surface level for us. <laughs> yeah. And it's because we talk about it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you can get that anywhere. You can get podcasts. You podcast. can get on Apple. You can get on Spotify. You can get on SoundCloud. And you, you, can... and you said ish. Is that short for, is that a Oh, no, no, no. Shit? We say shit. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, I don't... <laughs> But because this is PG-13. <laughs> okay. you, you're allowed four of those. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're um, allowed four of those and one nip slip. Yes, and it is it's it's in a, it's an explicit podcast. We curse. We it, it's we're very. I hate saying we're very real. But I'm like, we're raw on yeah. that. We, we don't sugarcoat it. Even with each other, we'll call each other in and be like, okay, friend, now I'm seeing some things. Um, yeah, it's just we want to be very open and have that dialogue. And also make people feel more comfortable to have those conversations and also show them that like y'all are not the um like y'all are not alone. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't going through this by yourself. Yeah. Like, also the people People look at both of us as leaders, so it's like, nah, yes, we may be leaders, but also we struggle just like y'all. Yeah. Like, I have clinical depression. I have anxiety. I'm on antidepressants now. It's why I'm so goddamn bubbly at this moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and just being honest and open about it. I know it, there was a point where I felt, we our second episode, I had to talk about um, how doing the podcast made me uncomfortable because... I'm so used to being private and not showing this side of myself unless you're in my inner circle. And I wanted to, I was like, the only way I'm going to get over it is to talk about why I'm uncomfortable, where the conditioning comes from, Mm. the fears that I have about talking about some of the subjects that I want about myself. And um, adjusting that pin of telling my business, but not so much that I got to tell you everything, but I tell you just enough that you you learn the lesson or... um, you, you understand what it is that I'm trying to convey through my stories mm-hmm. or through conversation. Well, you seems to you've overcome that uncomfortableness. <laughs> oh, I you, you absolutely you ma- enjoy it, it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, podcast interview. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, well, you're the first person that we've interviewed that has not a performer who has not performed in the festival yet. So this is like, this is amazing. Yeah. So I kind of want to interview you again after to get the experience. Oh, that would be fab. I'd love that. So, uh, anything that, anything we should know before we wrap this up, anything that we're missing? Um, I, you know, follow me on Instagram. Yep. She's back on social media and posting. So you can see Good. all the fun things that I'm doing. Cause I am doing some things. Can't talk about it because NDAs, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, but, and then also, please follow that we never asked for. Please stream, share all the yeah. things. Um, we're a new podcast. We come out every Wednesday bi-weekly. And, you know, we be talking about real stuff. It's, it is uh, from the perspective of two black queer bodies, one, um, one being non-binary and femme, that's myself, and then one being trans-masculine and you know, get that perspective, get yeah. that understanding, learn something, hell, teach us something, write us. We don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> All awesome. The things. Yeah. So thank you so much, Android. Can I call, do I got to do the full name? Can I call you? You can call Andro- me Android. Okay. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I've never called anyone Android before. That's awesome. It's always fun when people do. They're like, I'm, I always like, we're like, how'd you get your name? I was like, oh, Android is a robot. There's no gender. I'm non-binary. Yeah, yeah. Ah, there you go. Yes, there and then Alora is like, it's pretty to look at. It's enticing. Burlesque. I'm naked. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you here. So thanks so thank much. Thank you so much. I had such a good time. 